This is Dr. Scarlow. In 2019, Robert Eggers' film The Lighthouse stunned moviegoers everywhere with its incredible black-and-white cinematography, impeccable acting, and psychologically arresting use of folklore. And yes, it's got mermaids. It does. And uh, on his first day of the new job as a assistant lighthouse keeper, Ephraim Winslow, played by Robert Pattinson, finds a sculpture of a mermaid in his bunk. Winslow isn't alone, however. Thomas Wake, played by Willem Dafoe, is Willem Dafoe. Willem <laughs> Dafoe is the more senior lighthouse keeper and is witnessed by Lins- Winslow stripping naked and going up into the lantern room, a place Wake very specific specifically says is for him only. Winslow is not allowed up there. As you can imagine, things start to get strange. Despite Winslow's tasks from Wake growing in size and demand, strange events and circumstances begin to emerge that seem to have nothing to do with the work that has been assigned. The previous lighthouse keeper went insane, according to Wake, and his head is found in a lobster basket. A one-eyed gull keeps bothering Winslow, who eventually beats it to death against a rock. This apparently is a bad move. Gulls are said to contain the souls of dead sailors. And speaking of beating... Winslow also masturbates to the mermaid figurine. Been there. Uh, which maybe puts something at work in the universe. Sex magic, anybody? Then the winds change. Their boat to take them home does not arrive. So what do they do? Obviously, they drink. A lot. Yes. Sort of like what we've been doing uh, since quarantine. Yeah, I keep uh, thinking about all of their yep. uh, shenanigans and keep thinking, you know, when we're going to start drinking turpentine. Uh, kerosene. Kerosene. Oh, kerosene. It's kerosene. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, Wake continues to spend time in the lighthouse lantern room alone, and Winslow begs him to see it, and eventually he does. But we're not going to ruin any of this for you any more than we already have. What concerns us today is this: as the film progressively gets more ominous, the significance of the location, loneliness, and the folklore begin to emerge. Did the figurine of the mermaid and the eventual spotting of that mermaid on the shore? influence the degeneration of these two men's sanity or is the mermaid a figment of their loss of touch with reality furthermore what's the deal with mermaids anyway stay tuned to find out as we dive into the folklore and history of mermaids in from the sea with terror hello everybody um did you miss us uh, we missed ourselves. Um, we actually didn't know who we were for about a month. Um, we've been very um, isolated and locked down. Um, but a little bit are, depressed. A little bit depressed, a little bit anxious, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, dealing with uh, some layoffs. I actually got laid off from my job and then hired back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the lovely, I've been teaching from home. She's been teaching online, seven classes online, you know, that sort of thing. So it's been kind yeah. of busy. We... Uh, and so in this like horrible pandemic that you all are also dealing with, uh, we started thinking, you know, what the hell is Dr. Scarelove? We're not going to do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And then, um, we missed it. 
We really missed it. We actually changed the name for a while. <laughs> we did. Um, in, a, in a fit of misguided rage, um, yeah. we changed the, the name of the podcast to Learn After Reading, which I still stand by as a very good title. I think it's a great um, title. But it wasn't going to be horror-themed, and it was just going to be kind of whatever we wanted to talk about. Um, and then we decided, no, we missed it. Yep. We miss, uh, you know, talking about scary stuff. Um, you know, we started this because we wanted an outlet, and mm-hmm. so here it is. Yeah, and so don't fear. Uh, Dr. Scarelove is here to stay, and we do apologize for the long hiatus without letting you guys know what was going on. But I'm sure that you all understand. Sometimes you just have to figure stuff out, and I'm sure you all have been dealing with your own demons as well in this horrible pandemic. So we wish you the best. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, we were actually uh, not planning on doing this until the weekend. Um, but um, Krista told me that we got another review um, on yeah. iTunes. And it kind of inspired us to go ahead and re- record tonight. I've been building a fence all day. Yeah. Uh, and then she was like, this is a really good review. And it was so nice that we decided, you know what? Like, s- people are still listening. We should keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, I was... Up late last night watching Star Wars because, uh, believe it or not, I've only seen them once. And I'm talking about, like, the original 1977, 80, and, what, 83 versions. And I was like, what's going on? You know, I had had a break, and I was like, what's going on with Dr. Scarelove? And I saw um, a user called Critical Yeet left us a really nice message on uh, Saturday. So thank you so much, Critical Yeet. Um, you're the reason that we really, um, I think, started going again. Yeah. Um, is that Y-E-E-T? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was Y-E-A-T, so it'd be like Critical Yeet. Oh, you know? yeah. It, like, it's Yeet. What, just... is that? what does that mean? I'm old. I don't know. I turned I... 30 on uh, Sunday, you guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm way older than you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me think of Kanye West. I know that I shouldn't, and it probably has nothing to do with that. Um, and it probably just makes me sound older. But whatever. Um, welcome back, everybody. Um, our beloved horror fans. This is our new episode in over a month of Dr. Scare Love. We hope you're ready to dive into another element of horror, mermaids. We're not talking Ariel from Disney. These are some scary fucking creatures. I've been uh, doing some work on the website and things like that um, and our Patreon page. And, you know, we're, we've actually been working on some new goodies um, mm-hmm. for all of you initiates of the Scare Love Society. So um, if you're not a part of the Scare Love Society, um, we're still here. So please check out our Patreon page. Uh, you can join for just, uh, I think, $1 and $5 a month to get access to two bonus episodes a month and get cool shit like tote bags and buttons um, I've been crafting a lot, mm-hmm. so uh, and we're also going to support a charity of your choice. Yeah, which... we're going to have people vote on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and what we're actually recording right now was going to be a bonus episode, but mm-hmm. to get us started, we wanted to go ahead and record something and put it out there. Um, our next episode is going to be about uh, Jewish esoteric mysticism and the Dybbuk. The Dybbuk and Kabbalah. Yep, and Kabbalah. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then I've been working on maybe an episode about uh, the history and origins of black metal. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, we've got some cool... cool I don't know why I wanted to censor. Cool shit on the horizon. Cool Um, shit. (laughs) uh, But any donations, likes, subscribes, all that, um, help us to keep scaring you. 
And as you probably know, we do this for free because we love it. Mm-hmm. We hope to one day be able to make this a full-time job, but until that time comes, we're just getting it out there. So again, thank you to our current listeners and fans. Those of you who have stuck with us through this hiatus, it may not seem like a lot, but your listens, likes, comments, and subscriptions really do make a difference, especially what just happened uh, last Saturday and last night. Mm-hmm. So now let's uh, let's get on with the show. Um, are you ready to jump down the rabbit hole? Hell yes. Where are we going? I don't know. This is your idea. I <laughs> guess we're going to the sea. Maybe with some killer mermaids and terror. Let's go. Let's go. First of all, we know what a mermaid is. We've seen The Little Mermaid. Well, most of us. I've never seen it. What? I'm kidding. Okay. I just wanted to see that face. Like the, I was like, uh, we have Disney+, Plus. we're going to pause this and watch it right now. We're absolutely not <laughs> going to do that. Um, I think it was a raw deal anyway. You know, like, why would you hang out with Ursula? Anyway, um, we probably know someone who's been obsessed with mermaids. You know, they have like Snuggies mm-hmm. and things like that that are in the shape of mermaids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a humanoid creature, for those of you who don't know, with the upper body of a human and the lower body of a fish. Mostly depicted as women, although mermen do exist. To be honest with you, mermen are kind of gross. Why? Because they're all hairy and like... I don't think I've ever seen a hairy merman. Well, I, I think of men as being like having a hairy chest, right? Like I'd rather see boobs above like fish scales. Huh. I mean, wouldn't you? I don't know. I think every merman depiction I've ever seen has been, you know, like a dolphin. Like, what about the like merman? Like real, real sleek. What about the merman in um, uh, The Cabin in the Woods? I don't remember that merman. Ooh. I've or only in, seen uh, that movie once. House and that was even before we were dating. House of the Thousand Corpses. There's that weird, um, like, merman sculpture with, the, like, the glasses that I'm wearing currently. Anyway. Okay. Uh, clearly, I have some homework to do. Uh, with mermen. With yeah. mermen. <laughs> with mermen. They're just gross. Okay. Uh, mermaids are way more attractive and, and I'm going to say arguably sexier. But where do you put your penis? That's the thing. Well, okay. In the lighthouse, she had this big, like, floppy gaping vagina. You remember in the front? And he's like, ugh. Yeah. Like, you never see vaginas depicted on mermaids. We literally got through one on sentence mermaids before like we uh, got off track. Yeah, I know. Get okay. us back there. Okay. Um,. So while you probably understand what a mermaid is, uh, despite, you know, even our comments about different ways that we've seen mermaids depicted, um, today you can be a mermaid for Halloween. You can watch cartoons about mermaids. You can read comics about mermaids. You can buy um, mermaid-themed makeup, accessories, and home decor. Fun fact, I wanted to decorate our bedroom in mermaid-scale wallpaper, but it was really expensive. So anyway. I like how you say <laughs> that that's the reason why we didn't. Not that I said No. No, you, you're the one that showed it to me. You're like, this is really cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah because really I knew cool. it would make you smile. It doesn't mean that I want it in my life. Okay, well, now I'm going to buy it. I saw that wallpaper, and then I just went on living my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you may not know is, though, um, although mermaids are often dismissed as quote-unquote folklore, um, in the misunderstood sense that folklore is not true, which that doesn't mean, folklore does not mean it's not true, um, people really do claim they exist. And we'll talk about... Uh, more recent stories. Uh, so the stories that uh, they tell are not the bubbly uh, under the sea mermaids looking for Prince Eric's love and making friends with fish. Um, we understand that folklore means the beliefs, customs, and stories of a community. 
It's something that's shared and passed down, and it has to come from somewhere. So folklore doesn't just spring up out of nowhere. So that leads us to stories of mermaids. So mermaids have existed in stories, both in literature and by word of mouth throughout time and across the globe. For example, there are mermaid stories and sightings that range in time from ancient Babylonia all the way to 2012. And they have been seen in places near North America, Africa, Eastern and Western Europe, the Mediterranean, Korea, Japan, China. But why are they scary? Mermaids have been worshipped as ancient deities across cultures, been represented in literature, and have been a source of fear for anyone who has encountered or spent time on or near the sea. Mermaids have their... Fins? Deep (laughs) in almost every representation of life as we know it. Think about it. They're in what people believed in, what people read for fun, what people saw. But where do they come from? I think maybe Krista could take us back in time and tell us about it. Hell yeah, let's go. All right. The name mermaid comes from Old English mare for sea and maid, which means young woman. From Ellen Seiden's essay, Fatal Enchantment, she gives us the perfect introduction to mermaids. Quote, Despite her dangerous reputation, the mermaid captured human hearts and imaginations. She was both warm and cold, forgiving and vengeful, and capable of fierce love and destructive hate. She danced on the water, calming storms or raising them. Perched on a rock, bathed by the light of the moon, she gazed into a mirror, combing her long wavy hair. Or she played a harp, singing of riches, the future, secret knowledge, wishes fulfilled, and fantastic realms unknown to mortals. The first place, and probably one of the most ancient places we see mermaids, is in ancient Babylon. So uh, one name for a mermaid was once called, and it's just E-A, so I'm guessing A? Yeah, let us know if you you know how to pronounce that (laughs) any differently. Um, Any... uh mermaid scholars out there (laughs) so this is like the first place we see mermaids coming from so in ancient mesopotamian theology ea is the god of water knowledge mischief crafts and creation maybe it's um a a A, like like our buddy amon yeah the name is e-a-m so maybe it's just a okay i don't know a is the god of water yeah so depictions of a are often a man covered with the skin of a fish, and worship ceremonies often involved water, which leads us to believe that those who worshipped him believed he was capable of living in both worlds, land and sea, much like a mermaid. It's funny, um, every time, like, on the script here, I, I keep saying EA, mm-hmm. and I just want to say EA Sports. It's, it's in, in the game! game. <laughs> Sorry. Probably <laughs> All not right, we'll take our money now. <laughs> uh, what, 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 like, electronic arts? I don't even... Would remember what EA Sports stands I don't for. Isn't anyway. that where you play like those soccer games and? Well, yeah, like a uh, Madden. Yeah, all those games are made by EA mm. Sports. Um, so that's probably where they got their name uh, from ancient mermaids. Okay. Uh, no, nope. I don't. I don't think that's right. Okay. Okay. Tell me, keep keep going. Tell me more. Okay. So next in uh, ancient Babylon is um, Oannes. Oannes. Uh, is the half-fish, half-man god who is said to bring humankind, uh, or I'm sorry, humankind science and art, according to Alan Seiden's essay, Fatal Enchantment. Okay, so, so we've got EA Sports and now Oannes Morissette. Oannes, 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 Oannes. Oannes Morissette. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Uh, and the next 
Um, we have Derserto, or also known as Artargetus. Is a Artargetus, fish, yeah. <laughs> is a fish-tailed goddess worshipped by the Philistines, Syrians, and the Israelites. So That's not a sexy like, name at all. No. Artargetus. Artargetus. Sounds like a disease. It does. Like, what's that on your leg? That weird rash. I got an artargetus. It's just like like an astigmatism. Yeah. It's an artargetus. It's an artargetus. So from these three examples, um, the idea of combining fish and people, like what we understand as mermaids, has been around forever. Mm -hmm. Which makes it, I think, even scarier. Is this thing didn't just come up out of someone's brain. It's been passed down as... You know, as truth by people who actually practice this. Someone saw something at some point. Yep. And told a story about it. Yep. Or, I mean, to be fair, like someone way back could have just made up the story and then it's been passed down, but it's probably more likely they saw something that they couldn't explain. Probably. Something preternatural or, you know, ultra terrestrial or, you know, something like that. And if you think about folklore, it's something that people share. So... More than one person had to have shared, you know, this kind of experience. That's, that's absolutely. That's, I guess, my my PhD coming in. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, keep talking about that. So uh, the next era is the Greeks. So uh, around 700 BC, you know, you've probably read the Odyssey. You probably remember Sirens, right? Who who wrote the Odyssey? Homer. Like donuts. <laughs> that guy. That's really funny, Drew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one who just like bailed on t- and saying the, the writer's name. You're just like, you probably read the Odyssey. Oh, I, you know. I you just, just assume that everybody knows who wrote I it. I was just being pretentious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Tell me about the Odyssey by unknown author. So if you would uh, refer to the script, Drew, it says Homer wrote. <laughs> That's what I was just going to read. Okay, Homer wrote about Odysseus, who's the main character of the Odyssey, who wanted to hear the music of the sirens. Uh, So he had his sailors tie him up to his ship and the rest of them plugged their ears with wax. When he heard the songs of the sirens, he begged them to untie him so they bound him tighter. So according to the myth... Wait, who did? uh, The sirens or his crew? His crew. Okay. Sorry, that was unclear. So according to myth, if a siren song is heard by someone who escapes them, they die. The sirens die? Uh, the person who heard it. If no, 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 I'm sorry. The sirens, yeah. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, I Wait, so if you wrote. escape from them, then you die? So if Brutal. you escape from them, yeah, yeah. then the sirens the siren die. Dies. So, so that's they want, why they want to capture yes. you. So sirens, what do they have to do with mermaids? I mean, are they the same thing? So uh, in Greek mythology, sirens were originally half woman, half bird, kind of like a harpy. Um, so however, uh, there's a theory which leads us to understand how they changed to half fish. So first, bird sirens were once water nymphs, but a jealous goddess transformed them into ugly half-bird creatures. So they were once mm. beautiful. Some jealous goddess was like, fuck you, now you're going to be half-bird. What goddess do you think it was? I'm trying to think who's like the most jealous. Hera? Hera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be yeah. fair, she's got the, like, the worst husband. So. She does. Yeah. Um, and so then these uh, sirens entered a musical contest with a human named Orpheus. Oh, I know Orpheus. And so after the sirens lost the contests, they threw themselves into the sea, but survived when their lower bodies mutated into fishtails. Evolution. So thus, they still survive, and so do their enchanting voices. Ooh. 
And then the Which is why they probably sang, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, helping out with Orpheus. Orpheus is like, yeah. Okay, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So the the natural progression between, um, like, Greeks. Who's next? The the Romans. The Romans, obviously. Um, First century Romans. We have to start with Pliny. Um, And... We forgot here to put if it was Pliny the Younger or Pliny the Elder, but I'm guessing it's probably Pliny the Younger. Um, wrote about a parallel world uh, existing in the sea. All of the hierarchy we have here on Earth existing underwater, including the humanoid forms of mare people, representing humans on the above level. Mm-hmm. So in his work, Historia Naturalis, he wrote this scientific study that actually classified mermaids as real animals and recorded an incident where an on-duty Roman officer in Gaul, which is present-day France, uh, told his superiors of seeing many dead mermaids washing up on the shore. That would be terrifying. Yeah. So um, Pliny was a... Both Plinys were pretty awesome, father and son. Um, they recorded a lot of what we have today when it comes to Roman folklore as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Plutarch. Plutarch is someone that everybody out there listening should read Plutarch. He was kind of like the... Uh, I'll t- add to my list. He's like t- the TMZ of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the Roman world. <laughs> he like recorded all the scandalous stuff. That's awesome. So yeah, he's got a great uh, great book called the um, The Twelve Emperors. Okay. That have it's not just about the emperors. I mean, it, you know, that's the the catch all. But anyway, cool. Sorry, tell me about the Irish people. So in 400 AD, um, Irish folklore also has elements of mermaids. So Saint Patrick, the Christian missionary to Ireland, changed non-Christian women into mermaids and then banished them from the earth. That's folklore. But where do they go? Into to the, the sea? sea. But that's still the earth, isn't it? Maybe oh, land. Like, like physical earth. Yeah, physical. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> like land. had this idea of St. Patrick just casting them into the, into, into the heavens. Like, so they're just like mermaids out floating of water. Around floating Mars. around on Mars. Floating around just in space. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so how about the Catholic Church, though? The Catholic Church comes into play, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pliny's research on mermaids was still circulated, though. Uh, even into the 11th and 12th centuries. Um, the Catholic Church used it to teach natural history and moral lessons because that's what the Catholic Church does best. Yeah. Uses everything to teach lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, any Catholic listens, listeners out there, you're doing great. More specifically, mermaids were classified among demons mm-hmm. and monsters and stories of mermaids were used to correct bad behavior. So in this way, we, we, we're kind of seeing that Tales of something that wasn't necessarily good or bad mm-hmm. are now being used as cautionary tales. Yeah. And ways to keep people within a faith or um, adhering to church doctrine. It's like, we don't understand it. We don't understand what this thing is. Yep. So we're going to use it to our advantage. And that's kind of a human thing, isn't it? It is. Like, I don't get it. I'm going to kill it. Yeah. You know, um, which I think in, in Put and it in itself a, in is a museum. A, a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, it, it could hurt me, so I'll kill it before it gets the chance. Right? Yep. Um, the Catholics even uh, said that the uh, the scaly tail of the mermaid was done so to represent a serpent's tail, like yep. Satan, Garden of Eden, etc. Crazy. 
So in uh, 1197, fishermen off the east coast of England caught a creature that was described as a, quote, wild or savage man and imprisoned this creature in Oxford Castle. The creature was unable to communicate and ate only raw meat and fish in captivity for six months. But when it was allowed to swim, it left and never returned. Of course it didn't. Yeah. Like if that was like the only one and only time the merman actually got had contact, he was probably like, y'all suck. Don't ever go on Earth. Don't ever go on Earth. So he like, <laughs> once he had the chance, he, oh, I'm just gonna just gonna just paddle around the block real quick. No, he's bailing. And he's gonna <laughs> tell all the other mermen never go to England. Yeah, <laughs> or pretty much anywhere else. Fuck that place. But to be fair, like the only there's only two good things that have ever come out of England anyway, right? Don't go there. Why? <laughs> okay, what are they? America and the Beatles. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Tell me about the 15th and 16th centuries. So uh, we understand uh, 15th and 16th centuries as the age of exploration. So I'm sure you've heard many, many stories about that. So in 1403, a group of Dutch women found a, quote, naked and dumb mermaid outside of Edom. Edom. Uh, they took the mermaid to a near uh, to nearby city called uh, Harlem, H-A-A-R-L-E-M, where the townspeople were said to teach the mermaid to, quote, wear clothes, to spin, uh, and to eat bread and white meats. So uh, teaching her how to be a classy lady in 1403. Uh, so in addition to giving the mermaid some kind of idea of God. Wait, hold on, hold on. I, I have to say, like, they taught her to spin, like spin class? Oh, S P. So it says S P I N N E. You know, they they always did like the no, N E I at figured, the end. No, I figured all. it was like you know spinning wool, or wool or yarn, yarn or, or something. Yeah. But I just pictured like fifteenth <laughs> like century, like like the Puritan robes. Like, oh, let's teach this this mermaiden how how to just really get involved in in our local gym. Let's get her. To, like, how does she spin? She only. <laughs> She just has the one tail. How does she... Just she, put her in a barrel and just... Is she upside down? And, and she just, like, does the bike with, like, her hands? She does what she can, Drew. Spin okay? class. She does Mermaids what she can. in spin class. Like... What kind of world would that be like? I think this is the world that they were trying to create. Anyway. So... So they were doing all these things, but the one thing that I come, come to after hearing the story is, what about the tail? Yeah. I mean, what do they do about that? How can that? they ride an exercise bike with a tail? <laughs> well, I mean, how, do, how does she get around? I mean, is she in a wheelchair? Do they push her around? Do they carry her? Maybe she undulates. Can she walk on her fins? I mean... Probably not. How does this happen? Fins don't seem very um, weight-supportive, right? Hmm. So, I could... I'd say crutches, but that doesn't even work either. And I'm going to be honest, uh, 15th century wheelchairs, probably not great. No. Maybe no. they had like a like an old English radio flyer and they just carried around in the back of a wagon. <laughs> I think I need to find out more about this. That's really sad. I did a lot of research and this is like all I could find about these, these yeah. Dutch women. Well, I'm sure uh, Christopher <laughs> Columbus has something to say about it too. Oh, yeah. You know, he is a... He's a guy. Not is gonna, he? He, he is a he's a he's a guy. He was Italian too. He was. You know, so, kind of like me. Uh, he actually claimed to have seen three mermaids rise out of the sea. Although he said they were quote not so beautiful as they are painted, he remarked to some extent they have the form of a human face. 
So in this way, like if we were to take what he's saying as as truth, mm-hmm. you know, like I may not believe everything that was written in Christopher Columbus's journals, but let's just say that he was being truthful and he saw these things. Yeah, that doesn't mean like I think that what we need to talk about later. So put a pin in this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that we want the mermaid to be half one species, half another, when it could just be its own. Yeah. That is humanoid, but not human. Like an uncanny version of a human, right? Yeah. And he's kind of saying that, right? Like, they're not as pretty, but they still have a human face, but that could be a human-ish, humanoid mm-hmm. kind of face. And I mean, think about, you know, what we've uh, what we've done with uh, gorillas, right? They're supposed to be the closest to humans. What do we always say? Oh, there's, you know, they have thumbs just like us. Oh, we yeah. We come look. from gorilla, you know, we're... Oh, he's licking his lips just like we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of our natural impulse is if we see something that's kind of uncanny that mm-hmm. we can't understand, we're always comparing it to us and Absolutely. not really treating it we, as I mean, its own we, thing. We can't not. I mean, even like a like a weird malformed tree, we think yeah. it looks humanoid. Yeah. And then we think, oh, let's make a story. I am no tree. <laughs> you know, like something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, or even, you know, doppelgangers, right? Yeah. Looks exactly like us, mm-hmm. but we can't explain it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Terrifying. So, um, after Chris Columbus, who's the next person we have in America that wrote anything of note that is totally a legit person? (laughs) John Smith. John Smith, uh, with the most unique name ever. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So, uh, there are accounts written by John Smith who claim to see mermaids, yet the dates and locations he recorded um, of these sightings do not align with the time that he was actually there. there. Which, if we know anything about John Smith, he lied a lot. He exaggerated a lot. So we have to take this with a grain of salt. Um, but when you you know read between the lines, there can be some element of truth mm-hmm. that we find in his journals. So uh, we're not just going to ignore that he claimed uh, to see mermaids, but we will leave it at this. He might have seen a mermaid. Well, maybe. I guess what I'm saying is like maybe he lied, but maybe he was lying about the timing. Like maybe, and even then, maybe it was just a, a mistake. I'm not defending John Smith here, but what I'm what I what I'm trying to say is, what purpose would he have to lie about seeing a mermaid? Yeah, that's and that's what I keep wondering. You know what I mean? like, Same with Christopher Columbus. Although Columbus needed to you know send some stuff stuff back overseas to say, hey, I'm actually doing things so maybe that was part of the same with john smith maybe he's just trying to say look the new world has a lot of new things yeah you know things that we can't explain send me more supplies and people and money yeah and then maybe give me an estate when i return yeah you know that sort of thing when i bring uh pocahontas back with me (laughs) Uh, let's let's just move up to the 17th century now all right uh i will take you to a man called uh, Henry Hudson, and on June fifteenth, sixteen o three, two of his crew—that's hard to say. Two of his crew. Two of his crew spotted a mermaid in the North Atlantic. Mm. He said, "Quote: From the navel upward, her back and breasts were like a woman's, as they say. Uh, that saw her. Her body as big as one of us. Her skin very white, and long hair hanging down behind of color black." Ooh. So sounds, he, sounds kind of <laughs> ooh, sexy. I mean, to be fair, though, how long have those men been at sea? Exactly. When was the last time they saw a woman that didn't resemble their hand? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just move on from me. <laughs> 
So uh, Henry Hudson uh, recorded all the names of the men who saw uh, these mermaids. And at this time, uh, early explorers were seen as someone of credibility and authority. So these were people who were trusted by, you know, whatever various Mm -hmm. countries they came from. Like, you're the people we trust. You're Mm -hmm. the scientists. You're these, you know, important people. Go find me some important shit. Go find me some awesome land and discoveries. And so whatever they said, basically was taken as authority it was it was absolutely absolutely and then now we're coming into the 18th century we're going to talk about uh, one of my personal favorites uh (laughs) cotton mather um on july 5th 1716 he wrote a letter to the royal society in london which included information about a a triton Mm -hmm. in his letter he admits he once never thought of mermaids as anything more than a mythical creature however he claims to have studied the modern research of the age by Pierre Bellon, Pierre Guillet, and Monal, and he himself then began to believe mermaids actually existed. Yeah. Um, I will take everything that Mr. Cotton Mather uh, said with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, um, Who was Cotton Mather? Tell me. Uh, Cotton Mather um, wrote a, a couple of things. Um, and the name is escaping me, but the hidden hand uh, mm, yeah. uh, in, in, in America um, about all the devils and witchcraft mm-hmm. uh, in the woods, which basically just meant Native Americans and mm-hmm. darkness. Um, and was, uh, in large part, responsible for burning uh, many people at the stake uh, during, the, during the Salem witch trials. Hmm. And later did not feel any remorse for it. Yeah. So, cool dude. So, we're going to take that with a grain of salt. Yes. Um, although he's, he's still... He's basically sal- saying, like, because I respect these other people's modern research... They I, must be correct. They must be correct. Yep. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. So, from him to someone I do respect... Benjamin Franklin. So, on May 6th, 1736, Benjamin Franklin reported uh, a mermaid sighting, saying, quote... From Bermuda, they write that a sea monster has been lately seen there, the upper pot, uh, upper part of whose body was in the shape of um, about the bigness of a boy of 12 years old with long black hair. So we have the black hair again. The lower part resembled a fish. The human likeness surprised them into compassion. Hmm. So from that quote, do you think he's believing it? He's saying this is what other people have said. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. does, he, does he believe those accounts? Well, I mean, it, it I'll probably like have it. to read more about what he said, but it, it doesn't sound like he's he's dismissing it. He's not no, saying like no. these people are crazy. He's like, this is like but ben contemporary. Franklin was kind of a crazy dude. I lo- I love him. Why was he crazy? You know, he used to do like naked, basically naked yoga. With, I've done naked yoga with all of his windows and doors open, so people walking mm. by could see him doing it. Well, he might have just been one of those people like, look how no fit yoga. I am. It was calisthenics. Yeah, look how fit I am. He wasn't and fit. Have you ever seen a picture? Have you ever seen a sketch of Benjamin Franklin? He's just real comfortable with this, but he was a uh, nudist. He was basically like, like Mr. Potato Head, you know, was, was involved. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> he was, kind of. I'm saying like, he was an eccentric dude, um, but that doesn't mean that he's uh, going to falsify something. Hmm. Like, I think that I, I believe him. If he believes it. You know okay. Because I mean? he was super smart, too. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on uh, to Oliver Cromwell. 
In a letter to the editor of Gentleman's Magazine in 1762, which, by the way, is not the same kind of Gentleman's Magazine as of today. We're talking about no. like a GQ, Gentleman's Quarterly. Um, he wrote, In your magazine for November 1755, you have given your readers a well-attested description of what is commonly called the mermaid, or merman. And in your magazine for December 19, 1759, you have likewise given a cut of a like animal that was shown at, and by shown he means shown, mm -hmm. at the fair of St. Germain, which last instance seems to establish the fact incontrovertibly that such monsters exist in nature. Add, however, to these instances what is reported in the Mercure de France, April 1762, that in the month of June 1761, two girls of the island of Noir-Montier, seeking shells in the crevices of the rocks, discovered, in a kind of natural grotto, an animal of a human form, leaning on its hands. One of the girls, having a long knife, stick it into the animal, which, upon being wounded, groaned like a human person. The two girls cut off its hands. What? Mm-hmm. Terrible which had fingers and nails quite formed with webs between the fingers. The surgeon of the island, who went to see it, says it was big as the largest man, that its skin was white, resembling that of a drowned person, that it had the breasts of a full-chested woman, a flat nose, a large mouth, the skin or the, the chin adorned with a kind of beard, formed of fine shells, and over the whole body tufts of familiar white shells. It had the tail of a fish, and at the extremity of it, a kind of feet. Yeah, I remember finding this. Uh, I actually have a picture of it, and you know, I can post it to our Instagram account, Dr. Scarelove, sure. um, of this article, like a letter. This is basically a letter to the editor, you yeah. know, about saying like, "Oh yeah, story you talked about he these heard." Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to confirm that I also heard this story. Yeah, but can I just real quick talk about how how much better uh, people wrote? I know. At the time, like if that was now, it'd be like, yo, it was like a fish dude that like <laughs> washed up, sliced off them the, them hands. Though. Big old titties. Big, big titties. Big tits. But a beard. Uh, but also with like a shell beard. Like, <laughs> like no big deal. Like, uh, just like, like, I, like I didn't, I had a little bit of a boner because of the boobs, but then the shell beard kind of like, you know, deflated that whoopee cushion. Uh, anyway, so then I was like, uh, let's cut off the hands. Anyway, send me, uh, uh, if I get a hundred likes, I'll show you a picture. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, it's, it's so much more, um, eloquent. Yeah. You know, we've just lost that ability to, 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 to write in a way that s sounds pleasurable to the ear. And people have, have lost, um, the desire to, mm -hmm. we're getting a little off track. Oh. Well, um. At the end of the 18th century, most of these tales were said to be cases of mistaken identity and were most likely sightings of manatees or seals. Okay. Hold on. How can you mistake a humanoid figure for a manatee? Manatees are probably the cutest thing I've ever seen on the planet. I just want to cuddle with a manatee so bad. They're just like big, big, big cuddly blobs. They, they, you know, they kind of look like they kind of look like a, a living version of those um, those like seat pillows. That people used to have in their dorms and stuff, like with like the arms, and you lay on the floor, and like you got the. I never seen one of those. Yeah, before. you have. I know. Like also in like bed. a like a pillow pet. I had one of those. No, it's like um. Whatever they're they're like a, a 
Like a sea potato. A sea love sack. <laughs> I like, always wanted one of those. I, wait, we slept in one. Well, kind of. I mean, it was kind of, it was half deflated and there were things coming out of it. Yeah. And by things, I mean like the pellets or whatever is in it. Not like, you know, earthworms and vipers. But yeah. like. No, that was like a fake love sack. Anyway. Oh, it was? Yeah. Wasn't a real love sack? No. Oh. I don't really remember. I have to ask my dad. You got us off track again. I did. Come on, so, bring it okay. back to literature. Okay, oh. well, first, I just want to go back to this this case of uh, mistaken identity. How do you mistake a manatee for a woman with webbed hands, boobs, and a shell beard? Like, I don't understand. I think it's. I think it kind of depends on how long it's been since you've seen a woman. Well, these were two girls that found it, though. Maybe they hadn't seen a woman in a while. Maybe they were lesbians. I mean, they just <sighs> wished for something to look more feminine more i don't know like i understand womanly. the skepticism i, I really do. do of course i do but these that story is so specific except for the fact that it's, it had feet it had well have you ever seen a mermaid uh no that's How? why we're doing this episode <laughs> <laughs> although I, I haven't really spent that much time on this on the open sea i haven't i'm kind of afraid of the the ocean as you should be there's like and that makes me think yeah there's probably something that looks like a mermaid in the ocean i know and that's uh, that's why i wanted to do this episode was because all of these different accounts from all across you know time some of these stories are kind of scary and the fact that some of them have very similar you know uh physical descriptions we just like really don't know what was scary about that last story wasn't wasn't the the thing it was the fact that they stabbed him with a stick and yeah. then cut off his hands. Yeah. Or is it a he or she? I don't know. Like it, I guess. Because I don't know. I'm not I, trying to be like gender biased here. I'm just. And I guess my gender bias, I always think of mermaids as women. I with, always with do. With a shell beard? It's like. Well, the, women can have beards. Of course. And they, men can have breasts. I don't know. Of course they can. I have breasts. <laughs> don't have breasts. <laughs> I mean, I, I got moobs. Moob. Speaking of eloquency, when I say breast, it just sounds weird. It does. Well, it sounds like you're like, that's what you're I'm always like, oh, you punched my tit. You know, I'm not like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, by the way, I don't punch her in her bosom. Often. No, he doesn't. It's, it's, he's not <laughs> it's, like... it's just an anniversary <laughs> thing. Um, no, when you say breast, you're usually saying it when it comes to like uh, cooking. You know? Yeah. Or like, if I'm at the gynecologist. What the store? Oh, I got some, uh, I got some chicken breasts. Although you uh, like to call them chicken boobs, <laughs> um, and you call uh, eggs chicken periods. That's what they are. They're chicken periods. I understand. Uh, but Someone saying, at camp told me that when I was 12, and it ruined eggs for me forever, although I still eat them. I love uh, eggs. You eat them pretty much every day. I love eggs. They're really good so for you. So they didn't ruin anything. Not my cholesterol, though. Uh, that you, You've ruined your cholesterol, not that person from camp. <laughs> Anyway, come on. Thanks, Bring, bring okay. us up to uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Okay. So... HCA. Probably what we're most familiar with um, when it comes to mermaids are literature. And when I when I say literature, I also mean film um, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So Hans Christian Andersen, who I know you know, um, published on April 7th, 1837... Uh, and this is... Den Lil Havfru. Yep. That story, which is The Little Mermaid. Yep. <laughs> that was German um, for 
And it's funny because I'm not German. And our co-host here is super German. Okay, I'm American. No, no, no. But you look like Hitler Youth. Like, you would be in, like, one of those, like, frocks with, like, the armband and stuff. Like, if you existed in that time in Germany, like, you would be the poster child for that. Well, I would hope that I You're adorable. That's what I'm saying. Well, thank you. You know, I don't want to talk about... I don't... I don't think you're... She's not a Nazi. That's not not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... But I think it's funny that, like, you stumble Hey, my over. ancestors uh, descended from Germany, but they decided not to teach um, some of my family, my older family members, German because they thought it was un-American. So that's why I don't know I don't know German. All I was saying was that I thought it was funny that, like, you saw that and then you stopped because you didn't know how to pronounce it. But, like... Den Lille Hafenfrüh. But then you just sound French. Yeah, I speak French. I don't speak German. Exactly. Which I think is weird because you're super German looking. Thank you. Anyway, tell me more. Non, so, non-German. Um, this is the Hans Christian Andersen version of The Little Mermaid. So it's a little long, so bear with me, but it's worth it. So in the story, The Little Mermaid, 15 years old, sees a handsome prince having a birthday party and falls in love with him. When a violent storm wrecks the ship, she saves his life. Yet he's taken away by a woman from the temple and never realizes it was her, the mermaid, who saved him. She is distraught. And visits the sea witch. That's usually who tells, what I, that's what I do when I'm distraught. I find the nearest sea witch. Well, I mean, how many? Okay, let me finish the story first. Then we'll no, go I, there. Like, no, I, I think w- what you're about to say is um, that before there were like physicians and psychologists and things like that. People sought out uh, more of a um, holistic mm-hmm. remedy, and that usually came in the form of shaman or witches or witch doctors. Yeah, and also sometimes when rational things like medicine and Mm -hmm. law aren't working, you go to the next possible thing that you can't explain that maybe someone else can. Absolutely. Witchcraft. And to be fair, uh, medicine in 1837, not ideal. A little iffy. A little iffy. Still iffy today, but still much better. So. Anyway, sorry. The Little Mermaid, she visits a sea witch who sells her a potion, which will give her legs in exchange for her tongue and her voice. Uh, And she'll never be able to return to the sea again. When she drinks the potion, she'll be able to dance unlike anyone else in the world. But it will feel like she's walking on sharp knives. That's horrible. She will obtain a soul if if he falls in love with her. So, the prince. So, she will obtain a soul if he falls in love with her. But if he doesn't and marries someone else, she will die brokenhearted and dissolve into sea foam. She swims to the surface, drinks the potion, and passes out naked. The prince finds her, and although she is mute, he likes to watch her dance. Which she does, although it causes her immense pain because she loves him. Although he really enjoys... Can we just pause (laughs) real quick? Um, First off... Like, this is a terrible deal. Like, renegotiate. Like, they're, they're, like the house is really going to win on this one. Mm-hmm. You know? And then second, what dude in any time period is walking down the beach and finds a, a naked woman mm-hmm. just lying there, obviously kind of uh, distraught. Mm-hmm. She's no longer on the sea. He doesn't know that, but she's just can't seems speak. frazzled. Can't speak. And then just makes her dance. <laughs> like. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, like oh, does she well, offer me, to dance? Me, like, hey, not, I got these new powers. I'm really good at dancing. But how did she offer? 
Because she can't speak. She probably mimed it. Did she just get up and start dancing? <laughs> okay. Would I, you watch? I would watch. No, I'd be like, you're obviously in shock. Let me go get you some help. <laughs> you but no, he's like, oh, 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 oh well, well, well done. Well done. Oh, <laughs> Oh, good dancing. Oh, I'm going to take you with me. <laughs> Crack open a beer and just watch her do the, the cha-cha, you know? Uh, yeah, what kind of dance was she doing? Like a jig? Uh, interpretive. Interpretive. <laughs> she was crunking. She was uh, twerking. She was twerking. Okay, cool. Right. Naked twerking. Naked twerk. <laughs> okay. Uh, so although <laughs> this dancing caused her um, immense pain, she does it anyway. Um he, so the prince, really enjoys the company of the Little Mermaid. Uh, he loves the woman from the temple who he thinks saved his life. And he marries her on a ship. So he marries this temple woman. So although he really likes the Little Mermaid, he's like, this other woman saved my he, life. How does he really like her? He saw her dance on a beach. She's probably fun. She's got a fun personality, even though she can't talk. Uh, yeah, she's you fun. Can, she, okay, I'm not, I'm, I didn't mean to be I'm gonna be honest, like, ableist there. You can have a fun personality without being able to speak. Of I'm course just saying. you can. No, no, no. What I'm saying is... Like, he probably is, just enjoys her company. It, but I think that his vision is probably skewed because she's naked, too. It's not like... He probably gave her clothes. What, he had those in his pocket with the beer? Well, no, he takes her back, you know? He takes her back with him. Oh, I, I didn't see that in the story. Like, I thought, he's like, oh, you were a lot of fun. I'm going to go. I, I, so this is kind of like a... It's a I got it. Yeah, a condensed a version. So he gotcha. takes her back with her, with him to his castle. Um, he's Clothes like, this her. chick is really cool. Like, she's my new, she's my bro now. You know, we got her nice dress. My bro. That's she's what my friend. Now, let me ask you. But this temple woman, I love her. She saved my life. Let, let me ask you this. In what world does someone see a naked dancing chick on a beach and take them back to their house? Would, no, no, no. I mean, I can name a couple of our friends who would probably do that. Well, yeah, I mean, I could too. Dustin Hyman. Yeah, that's, out there. that's what I was um, thinking. <laughs> like, her name was probably Music. And you've found your soulmate and you'll take her home. But what I'm saying is that would strike me, at least in our current time, as relatively distressing to see a naked twerker on the beach. Well, maybe he felt bad for her. He's like, this woman, like, she needs my help. I'm a prince. I can help her. Bingo. Now that's what I want to hear is that he's actually trying to be... Prince Charming. In a yeah, way. so we see he's helping her, mm-hmm. and then he like ends up, you know, she's a really fun person to be around. Absolutely, because she communicates through dance. Yeah, and you know, maybe other ways. You Did know, you want a turkey leg, madam? <laughs> she just starts like doing a two step, Vi- vibrating. <laughs> basically, basically, she's a dog. In that way, like. And I'm not being mean. I'm saying, like, if she can only communicate through, like, gesture at that point, like, right there. And he's like, would you like this? Like, like Echo, would you would you like a biscuit? And she's like, <laughs> and she does that weird, like, butt wiggle. She does. Well, I think maybe you're taking this as she does nothing but dance, which this story doesn't say that she only dances. What else can she do? She doesn't Smile. know. Does she know English? I mean, I mean, like, does she know enough? I'm not talking about being able to speak. I'm talking about, does she, uh, I mean, she's from the sea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does she have the ability to, like, know what 
this is like a, a table versus you know what i mean well i think about disney's the little mermaid and she's using a fork to comb her hair because it's a dingle a, hopper the, the priest also had a boner okay so let's he not did. let's not talk about disney as being like an authority on this subject okay well let's continue the story and we'll, we'll, we'll see did i i did it again sorry i did it again okay so um the prince, he loves the temple woman. He thinks that she saved his life, so he marries her. On Does his she have ship. a name? Or is she just Temple Woman? Temple Woman. I don't <laughs> oh know. God. Maybe in the story. I don't no, remember. no, no. I just love that. <laughs> Mary's the Temple Woman. So the Little Mermaid's sisters bring a dagger from the Sea Witch. If the Little Mermaid stabs the prince and lets his blood touch her feet, she will become a mermaid once more. However, she cannot do it because she loves him. She throws herself and the dagger off the ship and dissolves into sea foam. But instead of dying, she becomes or becomes a wind spirit and joins others who were as selfless as her and thus is given the chance to do good deeds for mankind for the next 300 years before ascending to heaven. The end. That's fucking terrible. That's <laughs> a horrible story. Like, basically, you know what I'm, I'm, I'm saying? I'm requited love. No, you know what I'm saying in my my mind? The prince is, like, really happy to get married to his temple woman. And, like... He invites his bro, Ariel. And then he looks Ariel. back and he's like, Oh, there's there's that naked dancing chick that I, I found like on her. the beach. She's cool. Oh, wait, she just jumped off and turned into smoke. Okay, bye. Wedding ruined. <laughs> no, not wedding ruined at all. It's like, I didn't really know her. She just... Okay, even if someone came to your wedding that you just met and you invited them because, like, hey, you're a cool person... Like, I enjoyed your dancing. Like, why don't you just come to my wedding? And then they commit suicide it's at your suicide. wedding. She just disappeared. Into, okay, if you're throwing yourself off into, the ship. like, kindness wind. <laughs> Sorry. The moral of the story is she was selfless. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But she was also a mermaid. So what does that have to do with mermaids, though? Like, no, no, I'm not talking about, like, I understand why we're talking about it here on the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like... I think it's uh, humans... Why did uh, she turn into a wind spirit, not a sea spirit? I don't know. You know, like... Ask uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Maybe let's, she didn't want to paint with all the colors of the Let's whip out the Ouija board and let's hold a seance and ask him. Talk to HCA? Yeah. Okay, all right. But in all seriousness, I think this is uh, humans' attempt to try and understand the unexplainable. Sure. You know, he's using the elements of fiction, obviously... But also, you know, trying to understand what a mermaid is. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to make them more human. So what, human what came after uh, H.C. Anderson? Um, J.M. Barry. Okay. I love Peter Pan so much. Also Disney. Also Disney, but written first uh-huh. um, by J.M. Barry in uh, 1911. Yes. Peter Pan was written after The Little Mermaid. Well, yeah. Oh, I thought you said written first. No. Like, um, like the Peter Pan Little series. Mermaid, 1837. Yes. Uh, Peter Pan by Jan Barry in 1911. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, which also has mermaids in it, uh, who only enjoy the company of Peter Pan and are hostile to everyone else, even purposefully splashing Wendy. Fun fact, I named a character in my first full-length play, Wendy, after this character. Was her last name Darling? She was. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Do you, uh, it, maybe this is just uh, 
you know, adages or whatever. Uh, but whenever I see the expression "enjoy the company of," mm-hmm. I just think that's sex. Really? Well, to be fair, a lot of what Disney is based on are a lot more mature, right? Yeah. And they, they, they're they very watered down to what we see in Disney movies now. Mm-hmm. So when I read that, I don't know. Like, I didn't know if the original story was Peter Pan, you know, just kind of having some... No, I'm not... This is not a, a weird... Okay, okay. Okay, Peter Pan is a boy who doesn't want to grow up. You guys can't see this, this severe look she's giving me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 as hostile as the Peter mermaids Pan were. Peter Pan is a boy. Much. He is not having sex. He's I don't a boy know if he wasn't the grow- original or not. He's I mean, Cinderella gets her toes cut off in the original. No, isn't that her stepsisters? No, they cut off. Oh their yeah, own toes. all of her sisters get all of their toes cut off and shoved. Well, into they the cut shoes. off their own toes. No. Yeah, they do. Mom does. Oh, I don't remember. But okay, so it's not far fetched to think that. You know what? Go ahead. Yeah. Tell me about Peter Pan. I'm gonna read uh, this quote from Barry about the mermaids. So Jan Barry, who wrote Peter Pan, um, sh- uh, they write she. I don't know. It's she, right? You love Peter Pan. I do, and now I feel like a a terrible person. Why don't you just say Barry? Okay, Barry writes quote. The most haunting time at which to see them is at the turn of the moon, when they utter strange wailing cries. But the lagoon is dangerous for mortals then. It was one such day, and they were all on Marooner's Rock. The rock was not much larger than their great bed. But of course, they all knew how not to take up much room. And they were dozing, or at least lying with their eyes shut and pinching occasionally, when they thought Wendy was not looking. She was very busy stitching. While she stitched, a chance came, or change came, to the lagoon. Little shivers ran over it, and the sun went away, and shadows stole across the water, turning it cold. Wendy could no longer see to thread her needle, and when she looked up, the lagoon that had always been hitherto been such a laughing place seemed formidable and unfriendly. It was not, she knew, the night had come, but something was dark as night had come. No, worse than that. It had not come, but it had sent that shiver through the sea to say that it was coming. What was it? There crowded upon her all the stories she had been told of Marooner's Rock, so-called because evil captors put sailors on it and leave them there to drown. They drown when the tide rises. For them, it is submerged. Great writing. It is good writing. It is. Really good. And it makes uh, the, the idea of the mermaid sound sinister. It does. Um, more so than pretty much any other story that we've read mm-hmm. on this, you know. And I feel like the more, um, like the closer we come to contemporary times, the more sinister these mermaid stories become. Yeah, I think. Why is that? You know, uh, Because people need a reason to... They need something to fear, right? Um, I don't know. Like, I've never actually considered a mermaid, mermaid to be scary. Mm-hmm. You know, I've considered sirens to be scary. Well, sirens are basically mermaids. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, But the, the, I think it's because of something like the Little Mermaid that mm-hmm. I just associate, you know, mermaids with kindness and, and singing and frolicking. And, you know, like, just 
Is that because of Disney then? It is. Because, I mean, could you... Is there a, a more... Um, more relevant point of understanding in the past 40 years of what a mermaid is? No. Than, than the success of, you know, Little Mermaid. I mean, uh, or maybe... Was it 1980? Oh, I don't know. I just said 40 years. I, I, I don't know when it yeah. came out. I'm saying, like, it's... What other mermaid movies have there been? There's Splash, you know, with Tom Hanks, but... Yeah, and there's been some, like, Disney Channel, like, yeah. teeny, you know... But, like... My best friend's a mermaid kind of thing. The popular consciousness, first point of reference is probably Ariel. Yeah. And she's not bad at all. No. Right? Um, and it, that's why I think... Maybe my least favorite Disney princess, because she gives up everything for a dude. Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> um... And I think that's why, you know, Cabin in the Woods does something so brilliant by making that a villain. Yeah. Like, pointedly a villain. Um, which, I mean, we have to do a whole episode on that movie because it's just... And I need to rewatch it. Probably the most brilliant horror film to subvert the genre since Scream in 96. But anyway, so Disney's uh, representations of mermaids um, in The Little Mermaid and Peter Pan, they remove that ominous brooding feeling that had previously always been associated with mermaids and replaced it with whimsical beauty that has shifted from how we view mermaids today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of... Uh, we're being generous when we say that. Like, yeah. Peter Pan's is still a little bit ominous. It uh, is. But but I think that's because it's coming from Wendy and not from Peter. Yeah. If Peter were talking about them, it might have been much more whimsical. Yeah. But Wendy feels threatened by these other bitches that mm-hmm. are trying to, like, crowd up on on her peter so you know yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean not really but we'll leave it at that i mean they they love each other don't they wendy and peter well it's that that's like a whole whole other thing babe it's like like, a whole other thing is that just fanfic that's fanfic okay cool i mean there's some love there but it's not like the kind of you know love that you and i have it's not sexy love it's not sexy love okay well can you tell me about some modern mermaid stories? There are some crazy mermaid modern stories. And this is where we'll get into our fright facts. Fright facts. So, uh, during World War II, a group of Japanese soldiers spotted a small humanoid figure with the mouth of a carp and spikes on its head in the lagoons of the Kai? Kai? I think it's Kai. Kai Islands of Indonesia. The natives told them, so the natives of Indonesia told them that it was known as the Orang Ikan, which translates to human fish. Human fish? So it's all the way into 1940. People still saying like, oh yeah, that's just the human fish. Human fish. In 1967, passengers on a ferry boat in British Columbia saw a blonde woman with the tail of a porpoise resting on the shore of Maine Island. There was a cash reward for more information, but nobody came forward. And I'm pretty sure that was Krista in a past life. (laughs) yeah it was me uh in 2008 south african campers reported seeing the kaiman a red-eyed black-haired mermaid so there's the black hair again also known as the western capes version of the loch ness monster this creature is said to lure people into the river by trapping objects they either want or love and then drowns them it's 2008 that sounds like a yeah okay all right. In 2009, dozens of people reported seeing a mermaid leaping out of Haifa Bay 
uh, in the waters near Israel. And the nearby town of Kiryat Yam mm-hmm. offered a $1 million reward for proof of its existence. In February 2012, workers near Go- Gokwe? Gokwe and, Mutare? and Mutare in Zimbabwe reported seeing mermaids known to locals as the Mamba Muntu who hounded them away from their work on the reservoir. Wow. That's a really cool phrase. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Um, so, Chris and I have been uh, tossing around the idea of making some music together. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, a, a couple band. Um, maybe we can call ourselves Mamba Muntu. That's a great... It is. It has great cadence. It does. I, I love it. Uh-huh. Um, and then finally, in 2014, the body of a humanoid creature with aquatic features washed up on the shores of New Zealand's South Island. The fishermen who found it were concerned they had stumbled upon a murder victim, but then quickly realized the skeleton was not entirely human. Mm-hmm. So we have these stories from, I mean, Babylonian times to 2014 i mean how how do we explain that we don't we uh i mean we i think that that, that's our problem as humans is all uh, we want an explanation for everything Mm -hmm. maybe it just is you know um it's kind of like oh they just discovered a new species of whatever and named it after a harry potter character you know like there's been sightings of things maybe Mm -hmm. it exists maybe it doesn't maybe it just doesn't really want to interact with us yeah and I get that. Yeah, I mean, don't they call the ocean, like, the, the eighth wonder of the world? Like, we just... Maybe I'm making that up, but it's, like, the, the last frontier. I mean, there's so much of the ocean that we physically cannot go to. We well, cannot... space is the final frontier. But Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I think that, um, you know, when it comes to things we don't understand and things that we keep passing down legends about it's it's the same thing as uh bigfoot or the yeti or yeah. the chupacabra or aliens or well i think aliens are in a different category because i don't know well they're not on earth they're extraterrestrial so and, these and are, that's what yeah. i mean like we're talking about things Mothman, that supposedly exist in our world yes. already that we cannot definitively prove mm-hmm. um but when we say prove, basically what we mean is we can't kill it and study it. Yep. Right? Because that's what we'd do. Cut off its hands. Yeah. If we were to catch Bigfoot, what would we do? Put it put it in a zoo? Not a zoo. It would be in a Area testing 51. facility. Yeah, a testing facility yeah. of some sort to find out its origin, if it's a threat, if there's more of them. Right? Um, I think we'd do the same with mermaids, even though they don't look, I mean, based on the, you know, my predisposed notion of what a mermaid looks like they're not scary but mm-hmm. we would still lock them up in like a weird sea world kind of whale pen mm-hmm. and it'd be like blackfish yep you know just checking them out yeah i don't know well i mean nearly every culture in the world has their version of the mermaid Dating from, you know, ancient Mesopotamia all the way to the cultures today. And all of them feature something that's half human, half creature. Mermaids in nearly every story, fictional or otherwise, sing with beautiful voices. Yet those songs are almost always deadly in some sort of way. Either to warn you of upcoming danger or to lure you into the water and kill you. So either to warn you from the danger or to bring the danger to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Although mermaids are largely discredited as mythological creatures, there are sightings of these creatures all over the world, most recently widely documented in 
uh, the 2014 New, Ze- New Zealand creature. And mermaids are not always the glittering, beautiful creatures we see in cosplay and film, but were often described as scary, dark, and scaly with creatures with red eyes akin to demons or monsters. Think water demons. And then, although we can laugh at the prospect of mermaids, the fact of the matter is that some people do truly believe that they've seen mermaids and that they represent a real fear to us. Why is the ocean so scary yet so tempting all the same? Perhaps mermaids are what mankind uses to actualize that fear. Boom. Boom. Mermaids have been loved on. Yes, they have. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much to everybody listening. And those of you who uh, are still listening after our month-long hiatus where we went crazy for a while. And didn't communicate with you. We apologize and we thank you. Like, no joke, we actually just... I built... A lot of things and destroyed a lot of things around the house mm-hmm. and i was basically feral he was uh for a while um and i'm, I'm getting better now um she clipped my nails today <laughs> and told me that i had sawdust in my beard you had sawdust in your ear i thought it was earwax but it was <laughs> sawdust <laughs> so uh basically all this means is that we're back we're back and we want to keep doing this so please keep listening so uh, don't forget to tune in next week for our episode on the Dybbuk. And Kabbalah. And Kabbalah. Um, our social media platform still exists. We're going to be interviewing uh, Madonna next week uh, about <laughs> Kabbalah. Yes. Um, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll tweet her and see if she responds. She may cancel, but um, <laughs> that's the plan is that uh, she's going to be on the show. Yep. So. Uh, so our Twitter, Dear Scare Love, our Instagram, Dear Scare Love. Uh, don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts. I check it. Drew checks it. Um, and it really makes us feel good when you leave us um, a kind note or even just a message to say, hey, we hate you. Um, just to know that uh, people are listening. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was it because of uh, Commandant Yates that uh, <laughs> made us do this tonight. Critical so. Yeats. Critical Yeet. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So that's why we're here tonight. Um, So thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Research for this episode was conducted by Dr. Krista Marie DeBanke and Dr. Drew Atana. More information about today's topic, or any topic, can be found on our website, drscarelove.com. Dot com. <laughs>